Hey, 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 thanks again for pressing play and welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the original OG post-game podcast of the Phoenix Suns, where there's there's no games now, so this is kind of a lost space for us. We're navigating, not knowing what to do and when to go live and how. You know, normally, it's just like, well, you know, there's a Suns game, and afterwards, the Suns Jam Session is going to be going live. Well, it's... It's the mid to end part of July, and this is where you're going to catch us once a week. So every Monday, 9 p.m. Arizona time, the Suns Jam Session will go live at that time just to talk about goings-ons relative to the Phoenix Suns and just the world in general. We've really hit that slow part, post-free agency, post the, the draft, post the trades, post Malone, all that stuff. It's It's now kind of in the rear view, and now we're just kind of like, waiting in water like just staying afloat uh i'd like to be in water right now it's hot as hell here in phoenix so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna sit here we're gonna talk about different things around the phoenix suns if there's any new stories we'll bring them up and i'm gonna bring up matthew lissy bare bones lissy how's it bare bones nothing behind me right yeah floating around here where am i right now it's like interstellar man you're just yeah always in a different spot right um yeah it's not very exciting right now Phoenix Suns uh, fans out there, but I think we're excited about the season coming up, but we got to wait. Right now, outside, it's kind of like football weather, right? When it gets kind of like cloudy out there, you can see the storms are coming. I'm excited yes. about football right now. I'm not going to lie. I have, have some you, stuff on, but I can't wait for football. Have you watched the Netflix series called Quarterback? No. If Is you it good? Want- if you want to start, do they getting, have like the series? Like they do quarterback and they do like tailback or something like that. I don't know. That's a good question. No, it's it's produced by Peyton Manning on Netflix, and it follows Mar- Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, and Patrick Mahomes through last season. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes wins MVP, wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it was just, I'm with you. I started watching it, and I was just like, ooh, I'm starting to get a little bit, starting a little excited. It's for the weather for here. me, man. It's the weather for me. I can already taste those corn chips. Mm. um salsa you know what do you what do you make the jalapeno popper things oh yes. I can't wait, man oh the, and those Week little the, those little uh, uh cream cheese pepperoni bites mm. <laughs> yes yes, yes. The best, but, we're, man. but we're still like a month and two and a half weeks from that i, I mean know. that's just what it is we're we've hit this this dead spot of the season the dog days of the summer as people really like to, re- to refer to them but you know what? There's still things to talk about, whether they're Phoenix Suns related or football related or just life related. And, and that's what we're going to do on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So we thank any and all who are tuning in to watch us live or later. And if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you as well. Make sure you give us a five star review wherever you're consuming this podcast. Thumbs up if you're on the YouTube. I do want to give a shout out to Fumar El Oso on Apple Podcast. Five star review. Keeping Suns Shine is the name of Fumar El Oso's review. John and Matthew, keep the Phoenix Suns revolving around Sun uh, Jam Session. Love Summer League post game. Thank you. I'm glad somebody liked the Summer League post game. It was, it was the last time I felt normal. <laughs> and even then, it was just yeah, like, thank you. I think I was like, there for 1.01 of them. <laughs> you showed up in the closet. <laughs> It's like this is Matthew from a closet on mute and back to your originally scheduled podcast. So yeah, Lissy's in the closet. Spoiler alert, coming out of the closet. Wait till the end of the pod. Well, you I know. already spoiled it. Dang it! Just ah, uh, it's, it's, it's 
Well, we'll have to try it all over again. Well, Jamsters, we hope you're having a good time. Crack them if you got them. I'm going to just be drinking water. Uh, yeah, you got a migraine, huh? Yeah, I had a migraine last night. I pulled a lissy, if you will. I'm glad we didn't have to do a podcast. Got one of those migraines, blinding migraine. Couldn't sleep. Like Felt like a nail was like right behind my eye for like eight hours. It was, it was yeah. not fun. I'm like, maybe I'm a little dehydrated. So I'm going to be drinking some water. Matthew, let me guess. Now you're drinking beer. Nope. Water. Oh, water. water, baby. Well, crack them if you got them, sons fans. Spark them and light them if you want to as well. And let's drop the beat. a busy busy summer for the phoenix suns as they've entered postseason or offseason 2023 2024 hotter than 27 consecutive days over 110 or whatever the fuck the record's at right now here in phoenix as we slowly melt away and it gives us migraines but now we've kind of slowed down to a halt and outside of a few stories here and there a few comments uh, i saw one today that the suns are still interested in potentially trading for tj mcconnell yeah. I, I i think that the suns roster is set is that what you're feeling matthew oh yeah i'm 100 confident in it um after the campaign trade and we got kate saban lee and uh eric gordon to back up you know the point guard position or the guard yeah. position i'm very happy with where the suns are at the bowl bowl was kind of a nice little like cherry on the sunday kind of like a guy it's like a lot of potential there, you know, fan bases get excited, but it's just like, you know, garbage minutes kind of guy that can maybe play himself into a rotation that, you know, if there's injuries, he can just play himself in a rotation by having good minutes out there. Um, I just think this team is set. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. I think you are too, obviously. And the Suns did a hell of a job, right? Oh, absolutely. I think it's an AA plus for mm-hmm. the way that they navigated knowing what we knew prior to free agency beginning. We traded for Bradley Beal and we talked on this podcast about that, how as as much of an impact that Bradley Beal could bring to this team and the talent that he brings, what he does to this team financially was something that just didn't make sense. I mean, I was utilizing a so says J word when I was saying that it was irresponsible of the Suns to roster three $30 million players. And they said, fuck your responsibility. We're going for four here. And in doing so, they've created a very interesting looking cap sheet. If you look at the cap sheet for the Phoenix Suns, you have four guys who are over $40 million, or I'm sorry, $30 million. You end up having Kevin Durant, who's going to make 47 mil this year, Bradley Beal, 46 mil, Devin Booker, 36, DeAndre Ayton, 32, and then the rest of the lineup is a bunch of veteran minimum guys. Eric Gordon's at 3.1, Akogi 2.8, Damian Leith 2.5, Kata Bates Diop 2.3, Drew Eubanks 2.3, Chemetsi Metu 2, uh, Yuta Wantanabe 2, Bol Bol 2. And then they have uh, some non guaranteed contracts in Jordan Goodwin, Goodwin uh, Ish Wainwright, and then Tumani Kamara is your, your draft pick. So it's unbelievably top heavy. But even that being said, as so says Jay says in the chat, it's been beautifully yeah. irresponsible by the Phoenix Suns because it's all worked out. They, they've met all their expectations and needs. They've put together a team that I think we're, we're in the process of trying to determine whether or not this is the most exciting 
and highly anticipated season in Phoenix Suns history. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, and they kind of went the opposite way. You know, the Nuggets won the title. They have Jokic. They did it the right way, the way Giannis would say. You know, a team that just built from the ground up, made a few free agent ads, and they hit the ground running with Jokic, and a team that a lot of people didn't believe in. So you'd think the Suns would kind of stick with that, right? Kind of play it out with Booker, and then the trade happened with Kevin Durant. Then all of a sudden, it's the offseason. Now we get Bradley Beal. It's like, no, we're going to actually get – as many, like, I think it was, what was it, the Ringer top 66 or something, top 75, mm-hmm. and the Suns had four players in the top mm-hmm. 66. I think Aiden was 66, Dave King yep. wrote the article on Brightside. Yep. That's correct. It just shows, like, I think that matched the highest. I forget. I read it earlier. I forgot, though. I think it matched the highest of, like, um, all the teams combined. I think the Nuggets had four, too. But the Suns right now, like, they're just, like, we're going to go in the opposite direction. We're going back to having, like, the three-headed monster. Now we have two guards, and – who knows who's really going to have the ball? They're playing point book. I know you had the podcast about that before. Our point Beal, mm-hmm. but we'll figure it out. We're going to pay these guys, and we're going to actually have some, you know, some guys that are superstars in a way. I guess Beal's not really a superstar yet, but just guys that like are big names, and then fill the roster in a way where everyone's be like, "Wow, how the hell do they do that?" They got guys on these contracts that are just very minimal, and they're also just guys that have a lot to prove, mm-hmm. and that's perfect for this team that wants to win a championship. You know, the guys that on the bench are going to come in and fill a lot of holes with that offense. But right now we just have the best top four guys. And I think we're going to talk about Aiden later, but with Aiden being the fourth guy, who knows now we believe in him. And now we actually are excited to root for the dude. He might prove us wrong and he might come back and be maybe the top two, the second best player on the team. Who knows? Yeah. The sons have changed the narrative, if you will, you know, using Aiton's own words, which we're going to reference here momentarily, but they've changed the narrative on how to construct a roster, especially with the new CBA is they've thrown all caution to the wind. They said, we're going to be unbelievably top heavy. And the way that we're going to operate is we're going to bring in players, as you mentioned, who are hungry Uh, at the same time, they're going to meet the needs of the team. They're going to be wings. They're going to be a couple veteran minimum guys who are truly veteran veterans who are seeking out that championship in players like Eric Gordon. And ultimately, we're going to see how it all plays out. Now, there's a piece that I put together for Bright Side of the Sun. If you don't read Bright Side of the Sun, learn to read and then go there. And one of the questions that I had is I put together essentially four different eras and said, hey, let's try to figure out which season is the most highly anticipated season in the history of the franchise. And you take those four different eras and then there's little polls on there. And then whichever one wins is going to go against the, the, the final four, if you will. And the final four is ends up being, if you look at the first era, which is, you know, the Dave King was around era, uh, 1976, 77 won that one with 37% of the vote. And that's the year after the Suns went to the NBA finals for the first time. You know, the, the fan base was unbelievably engaged and excited that after their first winning season, they ended up in the finals and baseball fever was at an all time high in Phoenix up to that point. The Barkley era, obviously, 1992, 1993, won with 61% of the vote uh, leading into that season. New team, uh, new arena, new uniforms, Charles Barkley. I mean, it, it, it's hard to top that one. The seven seconds or less era winning with 47% was 06, 07 which was two years removed from when they kind of shocked the 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 NBA with their style of play. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the Booker era, this upcoming season, 
23-24 is 72% of the vote is the preseason excitement. Obviously, we're living in the now. But that's kind of where we're at now. We're going to have an article that comes out on Wednesday where you can vote on each, you know, which one of those four seasons is the most highly anticipated season. But I'll ask you this, Matthew. Of those four seasons that I mentioned, 1976 to 77, uh, 1992, 1993, 2006 into seven, and this upcoming one, which, if you were to vote, would you cast your vote for the most highly anticipated season for the Phoenix Suns? Um, 06, 07, I think. I think just for me, I think just being in the moment and just like realizing like something special is here in Phoenix. Um, it brings back a lot of good memories. I think this was just so unexpected right now, but mm-hmm. it, there's just a lot of movement. I think back then we had Sean Mary, we had the big three that we had. I mean, they weren't bigger than the San Antonio's big three, but they were pretty decent and no one believed in them either. But at the time it was like, we have three guys and there was movement around them. But we just were stable. We had Steve Nash as a leader, as a leader, as a leader. We had him <laughs> as a leader, and Booker, he's our leader here too, right now. And he's a guy that you know is never going to go anywhere. That was the way it was with Steve Nash, but he also had Amari Stoudemire, man. Like in the draft, coming out of the draft, you just you knew the guy was special, but he blossomed into something that was just amazing on the court. And you just had to tune in every night, whether you're a Suns fan or not. That offense was just ridiculously fun to watch, yeah, whether you're a Suns fan or not, but also just the 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 coach everything was just so different the style that was exciting so i would have to go with that one for sure yeah it's a tough question you know i i kind of feel like this upcoming season has a, a specialness to it but 0607 i mean that was you're 100% right for different reasons it was hey we're we're an established team we've had some hard luck uh look at us now now we've had a time to develop chemistry uh but still we had to slay the san antonio spurs which we never really could 92-93 was something different, obviously, for Phoenix. So, And I wasn't around for 76-77. So, I mean, if I was to vote, it would be either, either this season or 92-93. So I'm excited to see how uh, the Jamsters and the Brightsiders vote on that one. But again, you know, you talk about changing the narrative and, and the, how the Phoenix Suns, you know, you look at those teams of the past and the Phoenix Suns are completely flipping the NBA on its head with their acquisitions uh, with Eric Gordon and – you know, you haven't really voiced your opinion on Bull Bull. So for the first time with you present, let's let's drop the Bull Bull drop and talk some Bull Bull. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... Bull Bull, motherfucker. Bull Bull, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't see that before and I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bull Bull, like I said before, he's exciting. I think every fan base that gets him, I'll reiterate, that they get excited about him, the potential they have, but with a guy that's that big that can play make that long too. And just how many minutes is he going to get eventually? Maybe he'll, he'll fill a role, but it's, it's a fun guy to have on the team that can be a fan favorite in a way, but also he can just maybe end up filling a role off the bench that can have some potential. It's a guy you don't really want to give up on. I, I think that a lot of people were just kind of like, eh, we get him, we get him. It's not a big deal, but it just seemed like a fun ad. I think this team right now, are filled with a lot of serious like guys on the team that are just itching at a chance to prove themselves, like I mentioned earlier. Yes. And to have a guy like this that still wants to prove himself, but you just don't know what you're going to get, and there is a little bit of potential there and see what the coaching staff here in Phoenix can do for him, that's exciting to me just to root for that just on a separate note. You know, it's like everyone – you know this is a championship contender team, contending team, but just to have that extra guy – that is going to be the fan favorite. That is awesome to look forward to. And 
I wasn't too excited when we got him. I just, I was like, uh, let's just see what we got. I think it's going to be fun to be at the games and just see him on the bench. Be like, put him bowl bowl. Like that's what every <laughs> fan base does whenever they yes. have him on their team. So that's going to be us now. So it's, it's going to be exciting times here. I think with him. Yeah. He's definitely like a son's Facebook uh, MVP already. I mean, they get bull bull. They see seven foot two as a seven foot eight wingspan. Like this guy was born to play NBA basketball. And like, unfortunately for bull bull, he was born to play NBA basketball. And I don't know if he really wants to, like he's kind of forced to his dad is minute bowl. Obviously yeah. who growing up, you know, seeing the seven foot seven minute bowl play for 10 years in the NBA was something special. And his son grew up to be seven foot two and he plays basketball, not because he wants to, but because he's tall and he's good at it. And I think that there's some of those effort questions come to mind for the serious fan and for the adept Phoenix Suns fan. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's a good ad when you're looking at the back end of your roster and you're looking for the guy who can come in and make a couple plays and get you all excited and give you the feels. But I think in the long term, he's not somebody who I mean, I saw somebody today is like, Bull Bull, could he be the fifth NBA star or the fifth starter for the Suns? It's like, get real, dude. Like this guy, unfortunately, he's like, he's kind of like the anti Hannah Montana. He's the worst of both worlds because he's somebody who is too thin to guard bigs and he's too slow to guard wings. So he's kind of stuck in the middle, especially if you look at him on defense. I mean, he's. If you look at the advanced metri metrics, for example, B ball index. They have him in the 34th percentile, which is a D plus on rim deterrence. He's in the 39th percentile in rim protection. Uh, if you look at his perimeter defense, he's 17th percentile, which is an F in passing lane defense. Uh, he's ball screen navigation on defense, 4th percentile. That's an F. He's the worst uh, on ball perimeter defender in the league. Those aren't things that are going to garner playing time for him. Uh, I like what Blaze Megatron in the chat says. He goes, uh, you can have all those length metrics uh, and you're good for reaching. All you're good for is reaching high shelves. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, and, and much like Taco, yeah. he's going he's gonna to be a human victory cigar only. And that's what he's going to end up being. And, and don't get me wrong. like I, I'm excited because there could be potential for opportunity here. I think being around these kind of players might spark his – uh, his basketball interest, but I mean, he was around Nikola Jokic and and uh, and Jamal Murray in Denver, and that didn't do much either. So, as much as people are excited to see him come here, I'm just gonna, you know, I I agree with a lot of what the Jamsters are saying in the chat. Low Suns, meh, pickup, and I kind yeah. of agree with that. Yeah, and Ken Kaplan does say Bobo another head case. Yeah, and you know, maybe Ken, you're referencing two to Aiden being a head case maybe i mean uh i don't know if that's another one that we have but that's for different reasons i think bobo like you said he's sitting there he's like i have to sit here look at how tall i am look at who my dad was and now i'm in the nba and you know i'm doing my best but kind of uncoordinated in a way um he's gonna be arithmetic in the actual offense like there's gonna be nothing there that you can really build on right away it's just like we said it's just a fun thing it doesn't mean anything before we got him our team was good we have, mm -hmm. and he might not even be on the team midway through the season. You know what I mean? Like this isn't going to be the same team through the midway of the season before the trade deadline. I bet you there's going to be movement. There might be a piece. There might be an injury. Who knows? And he might just be gone. So I think looking from it, you know, from our standpoint, it's just go to the games and just be like, oh my God, dude, look at that dude. Let's just see him, see what he can do.
that's the fun part about it. Do you think at any time during this season, we're going to sit and be like, dude, bowl needs more playing time because he came in in a couple garbage games and, you know, a behind the back, uh, in transition dribble to a cutting drew Eubanks. I don't know. Like, is that going to happen? No. Is it's like the Aaron Holiday thing, right? Like, there's no world in when Aaron in which Aaron Holiday should have had any playoff minutes. Yet that's what people were talking about in the postseason. Like, dude, it's got to be Aaron Holiday. Landry Shamit sucks. So let's put in the guy who's five <laughs> foot nine. Yeah, you know, the only thing I thought of when you brought that up is, uh, you know, the way Monty was, where he would just play the starters into like the two or three minute mark when I, you should have pulled them out. When yes. you know we're up by twenty points, pull yes. those guys out. That's when we'll be like. We need some football minutes. We need him in there. Just, you know, the garbage minutes. That's what we need. That's when we're going to be calling from. That, that's all I can think of. Yeah, I just, I can see it now. I can see him, him come in and the Suns are up 20 or down 20. And he's, he hits a three-pointer in transition. And he has one, <laughs> one of those good plays where he's playing against the third-team defense. Yeah. And he goes to the hoop. And because he's so long, he's like dunking it, you know, from six feet out. You yeah. know, and... and Sun's Facebook will just go crazy for that shit. They're like, Bull Bull should be our starter. It's like, listen, he has that issue where due to his size, like look at last season, for example. Last season's a great example. It's the first season in which he actually had meaningful playing time with an organization. Know that in the 305 games he could have appeared on in thus far in his career, he's only played in 123. Oh. Okay? He's had a lot of foot injuries, and that's kind of – you know, the, the the death toll for big men in the NBAs. If you have foot injuries, I mean, look at uh, Bill Walton. Could have been a lot greater, yeah. but he had, you know, the foot injury, right? Uh, Yao Ming's career was cut short. Why? Because of a foot injury. So he's somebody who has health issues. He finally has an opportunity to play last year. And unfortunately for him, he, he plays in 70 games. He starts off a lot of the, the Orlando Magic were injured. You know, Jalen Suggs was injured. You know, I think out of the first 37 games, he missed like 28 of them. Uh, you had Markel Fultz was hurt. Cole Anthony was hurt. So they were just throwing guys out there. Manu Bowles, one of those guys who were there, they're thrown out there. And he, he was playing okay, turning the ball over a lot. Uh, but as time progressed with him getting some playing time, Obviously, opposing teams put scouting reports against him, and they just started overpowering him on offense. I mean, the things that you see, you, you go on YouTube and you see the nine-minute highlight, and the nine minutes that you see, it looks like it's the best basketball player you've ever seen. But what you're not seeing is the other 1,500 minutes that he played last season, and he was out of place defensively. He was disengaged on defense. He was uh, getting pushed around on offense, was forcing bad shots because he couldn't get to his spots because the defenders knew how to play him. Uh, he, he He's a 29% per, uh, three-point shooter in uh, in his entire career. I love somebody the other day was like, yeah, well, he uh, he's like a 52% three-point shooter when he played it uh, in college. I'm like, yeah, dude, he played nine games and shot it 25 times. Like, come on now. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is we talk about a lot of these guys um, that are bigs, you know, they needing needing more time and just having, you know, just the the opportunity to show themselves, but also just be on the court and just earning their minutes by their play and just uh, just becoming. I don't know. I, I think that with him, I'm trying to think like, does he just need more minutes and can he get better? You know what I mean? Just to learn mm-hmm. from on the court mistakes, but I just don't think so. I Especially think with is. this team. Yeah, I think it is what it is. And, you know, someone said in the chat, you know, he's our 12th man. Definitely. I think yes. um, I think that's what we're looking at here. I'm not looking to evaluate him and be like, 
give him more minutes because we're going to be winning games. Um, this team's going to play hard. I think the way Aiden comes back, he's going to want to play a little bit harder than he did last year. You know what I mean? Like, I think this team's going to be focused early on the season, get to the top of the standings, and then you'll see more of him. I think he will at that time, but it's going to be too little too late to really kind of be like, all right, can he work himself into a playoff rotation? No, I just, I don't see that. I mean, it'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I love absolutely. every guy we have on this roster. I'm going to root for the hell out of them for them. But it's just like, I, to be realistic, it's just something I'm not picturing me even talking about on the pod. I know Facebook, Suns oh, Facebook yeah. for sure, but not, I'm not going to be like, hey, could I get this guy on the court more? No. <laughs> I just think that uh, we'll see some very fun, exciting plays from him this season. Yeah. And we need to understand and recognize that that's what those are. Uh, he's somebody that we hope brings the attitude and brings the effort that he's lacked thus far in his career. Even he's admitted when he left Denver that he feel he could have worked a lot harder is a quote that he said in the Denver post. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. You know, and again, like we've seen this story before, right? And which brings me to. Watch. So obviously one of the big stories this past week, DeAndre Ayton uh, in the Bahamas promoting his new shoe. Uh, what do you think his new shoes, by the way? Those new Pumas. Those look fucking sick. I actually didn't see them. I saw the interview. I didn't see the shoes. Oh, man. The shoes look nice. But he, Are they very in, colorful? I'll just yeah, they look like the Bohemian yeah. flag. Yeah, they're, they're cool looking, man. Cool. They got the the green. They got the blue. They got the yellow. They got the they got the colors and such. It's, <laughs> they look great. Uh, but one of the things that he stated in an interview is he can feel the whole world hating on him and how he wants to change the narrative and unlock whatever yeah. that is. Uh, and for those of you who haven't seen the interview, don't worry. I can feel the whole world hating me on in a way, um, where uh, I think I'm the I'm the guy a lot of people point at, and I see it and feel it. But mainly, what I've been working on five to six days a week since we've lost is just motivating myself to change the narrative of what people think about me. You know, because no matter how you put it, I feel like I have no fans out here. You know, and I can feel it because the whole world's saying it. And my goal this whole summer is to change the narrative, just unlock whatever it is, and just completely just focus on me and change the whole thing. What do you think about those statements by DeAndre Ayton? You know, um, uh, yeah. Okay, so I think the way he's going about it, and here we go. Like, I feel like in the comments, going to be like, oh, here you go. You're trying to, like, tell him what to do and expect different things. I really think he just needs to do it for himself. Stop worrying about it's not the world. We're not a soccer team. No one else gives a fuck about the Suns, <laughs> but Suns fans and some of the NBA fans, but – DeAndre Aiden wasn't a hot commodity really in the offseason for a trade. Um, even last year, no one would pick him up, right? The Celtics were the only – I even heard a guy, in my, like I said, at my work, wanting DeAndre Aiden. Mm -hmm. There are fans of yours. We're all fans of yours, dude. We expect a lot. But you have to you have to do it for yourself, okay? So if you work hard this season, you put in the work, like he said, five, four, five, five, six days – if you actually do that and you live up to your words where you're not lying anymore about what you can be and what you're going to do, then you'll feel much better about everything to yourself. Don't worry about us. You go out there and prove it to yourself that you can do it, then you can do it. A little David Goggins here right here. I don't know if you know who he is. <laughs> a little motivation. Wow. Like there's, you know, there's there's a governor on a car, right? You can't go at a certain mile per hour. You can't go 135. There's like 90. It's cut off there. He believes that it's the same with our brain. 40% we can only use that we know, but you can actually go further. You got to push yourself. Right now, I think Aiden, he's kind of hit that, but he needs to push himself. There's so much more there. 
But I'm telling you, man, he's not going to be happy to prove everybody wrong in the end. He'll be happy if he did it for himself and his family. Well said. The love is his family. Just do that, man. Don't don't worry about everybody else because it's not the world, man. It's Suns fans. We will root for you if we see that you're working hard. That is all. That it, that's all there is to it. I feel like. I, I very well said, and I agree with a lot of that. Do it. Do it for yourself. Don't do it for us. Uh, and maybe that's his way of of finding his motivation, right? Michael Jordan always had to have an edge. He would make up edges against opposing players just to get himself into that mindset to eviscerate you on the basketball court. And perhaps that is some of what DeAndre Ayton is doing right now is he's taking a lot of the words that he's seen on social media and utilizing it as fuel to his fire to try to, you know, as he said, change the narrative of his, of how people perceive him in the NBA. But I'm with you as well. I think that, Suns fans, we will always respect the effort, and that's obviously been one of the knocks on DA. Is there's times where he takes plays off, or he's mispositioned, and you know, etc., etc., etc. And part of that is it's it, it's tough. You have to see it from multiple angles. There's no just there's no black and white when it comes to this situation, uh, because. You go back and, and obviously the comments that John Gambadoro said on the Hoops Hype podcast relative to Monty Williams wanting DA gone and and didn't like DA or Jay Crowder and that's why Jay Crowder you know held out and wanted to be gone you know so it's hard to even as a multi million dollar player who has a maximum contract to go out there and try to give it your all for somebody who you feel is actively rooting for you to fail and I can understand and empathize with what DeAndre Ayton's going through the other thing that you have to understand is DA who turned twenty five yesterday is a 25 year old and he's trying to understand what's the why what like why are people not you know as he perceives it fans of the way that he approaches the game and yeah. and part of me is like well okay well that's the you, you can't see the force for the trees kind of thing where it's like you know well it's it's the effort but also he in his perception my assumption is he's like, but we've been winning ball games. Like the team has a 55% winning percentage since he joined the team and in games that he's played. So I think that that's valuable. He's like, well, we're winning just because he's not dominating the way that we think he should. You know, we wanted David Robinson 2.0. We got DeAndre Ayton 1.0. Yeah. I think that it's something that he's trying to, tum- to come to terms with, right? Yeah, I think so too. And um, sorry, where did I? Right here, creepy crawler. Do you think he's full of shit or he's making changes? That's um, the question. That's the question. Um, to me, honestly, the way I feel about it, someone did say stop pouting. Hey, dot zero did. I did feel a little bit of that, but like you said, he's twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. And he has to grow. That's why I think when he looks back in his first five years in Phoenix, if he can go into the season and just work hard and just, you know, just make sure that he does it for himself, but also just pays attention and just works hard for others and just does what is right. It puts in the work and doesn't say like, Hey, I'm working out for five or six days a week. Like just, just do it, man. Just, you know, it's as simple as that, but it's very difficult because his mindset right now is like, I've been doing good enough and he doesn't know his, his potential yet. So once he gets there and be like, wow, I had it the whole time. And yeah. So says Jay, no, 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 do it for us. That's, yeah. <laughs> don't do it for me. No, Actually, no, yeah, just do it for us. Let's so, so says Jay in the chat. No, 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 do it for us yeah. <laughs> instead of do it for yourself. Yeah, I think you know. Again, the the challenge before him and the challenge that we're going to have with him attempting to change the narrative is we've seen this before. We've seen these yeah. candid conversations and this in, introspective point of view that he tends to share with us, 
and the talk doesn't become the walk. And that's been the challenge. Now, granted, we're entering a season in which he's going to be the fourth best option on the team offensively. He's going to have so much opportunity to be to 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 focus on being a great defensive player. And we're going to be analyzing that. He has so yeah. much opportunity to be the garbage man down low while his buddies are out there just shooting mid-range jumpers. And we're going to be watching that. We're going to be watching his effort on both the offensive and defensive glass. And the opportunity is there for him. And I don't know another number one pick who's been gr- gifted a roster around him like he has, where he has a he's had a future Hall of Fame point guard play with him for three years. He's had the quite possibly the best Phoenix Sun in the history of the franchise play with him. Kevin Durant, future, unique, one of a kind player with him. And now Bradley Beal, who is a three time all star and a uh, somebody scored 30 points a game around him. He's had the luxury of having and is going to have unbelievable talent around him. And again, that's why this isn't just a black and white argument. You could say the other side of that is like, well, he could be the guy who demands the ball. He could be the guy who says, who is the complete alpha and says, I want to be trade me, trade me now. I want to go someplace where I can personally statistically flourish, but he's okay. Not being the alpha, but he has to perform as such. Yeah. And I'll say something right now. And, you know, due to like Kevin Durant's injuries last year and the way he didn't look the same in the playoffs, I'll base it off of this. What I'm about to say is based off of that. What I'm about to say here is if we're going to win, I think DEA still needs to be our second best player. He needs to be like the Twitter X factor, whatever they call X. Yeah. X going to give it to you, whatever they're calling Twitter now. Oh, I haven't been on there in a while, so I don't know. But um, (laughs) they changed the name of it, Matthew, since you've been on it last. Yeah, like he changed it to X. And like, if you go to the desktop version, the logo is an X. He's just having fun with it. He's just sitting there laughing at everybody. Yeah, he's just, yeah, Elon Musk is a fucking man. He's a nut. I know. uh, So says Jay likes Elon Musk. I know. He's a big fan, right? Yeah, I think he's, uh, he follows him and everything. Not just on Twitter, but like around in real life. He's his lawyer. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I think, um, dude. So I think he has to be Kevin Durant's going to be amazing. I think, but I think that's that's just the way I am with Da. I'll put money on him again to be Finals MVP because I really think we need him to be that good to win it. I know we have the players. We have Bradley Beal. Hasn't proved anything yet on a winning team. I know he's phenomenal. He'll probably do great. But right now, I'm thinking that Da needs to be the second best player on that team next to Book. So says Jay. I'm hanging with E right now. Oh yeah, we're all, we're all about to X it Twitter because it's gonna get real crazy real quick. Uh, no, I I don't know if I if we need him to be the second best player, but okay. I want him to play like he wants to be the second best player. That's the go. key. Maybe that's a better. That's way to the put key. It. Yeah, he needs to have that in his mind. He's like, fuck Bradley Beal, fuck Devin Booker, or be Kevin, the best. fuck Kevin Durant. I'm gonna be Why the best player be the on this fourth? team. Exactly. There's n- but there's that's no the mentality thing. Order. That's the yeah. issue. That's why for those of you who sit back and you look at DeAndre Ayton and you see the talent and you see the 18 and 10 production that he had last year and and his field goal percentage and you go, why does everybody dog him? I just don't get it. It's his mental. It's it's the way he approaches the game mentally. When you're on a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and you have and now and, and Kevin Durant and it's these guys who just desire to be the greatest in every way, shape, and form and give it their all and then back it up with their performance, then you have DeAndre Ayton sitting on the side just being like, yeah, I don't know. It's it it yeah. creates an opportunity for criticism to occur. 
And I go back to what he said. He's like, I feel like I have no fans. It's like, no, we are your fans, but fans are going to be critical, good and bad. I mean, that's just, I mean. He just doesn't get it yet. He doesn't understand it yet. And that's maybe why Monty was so frustrated with him because he just doesn't. When you put out comments like that, you don't understand. It's stop, stop pouting well, about it, dude. And, We're and it's, for you, it's like me. so says Jay says in the chat, and this is probably how we can end this statement. And if Family of the Flames ever puts out a podcast, he might say this on his. <laughs> the biggest change is gonna not be having Monty. And that's again another reason why we're gonna sit around and we're gonna we're gonna wait. We're going to really wait and see yes. what DA has because uh, as Psycho Hawk 2000 says, Vogel has even said that DA didn't feel like he understood his role in the offense with Monty. Now, I don't know where that's quoted from, but if that's even remotely true, I can see that because we saw it on multiple Sports times. Sports Illustrated he, for Kids. I think that's really? What it was. The color, coloring yeah. book and everything? You had to like color DA? Yeah. <laughs> yes. New uniforms and such. Speaking of new uniforms, have you seen any of the – so they had the season ticket holders event. I want to say it was today. It was yesterday or today. And that's when they unveiled the new the new uniforms. And Suns Uni Tracker put Wait, in like his, his final guess. You are so you're so enjoying your summer. <laughs> Dude, no. I'm so not, these but also <laughs> what? So what do you think of these? Now they didn't let anybody have phones or anything, so no one could take a picture of them. They should be unveiled in the new threads by next week. But this is kind of the last prediction by Suns Unis Tracker. If these were the new uh, uniforms for the Phoenix Suns, Matthew, and I'm sorry for everyone who's listening, go follow at Suns Uni Tracker on X or Twitter or fucking X, go and give it to you. And uh, and you can see. But if these were the final mock-ups, what would you think? Yeah, well, first of all, I just I don't like Twitter as much. I need I know I'm going to be on there. I'm sorry. I do miss out on a lot. But I don't <laughs> I'm not excited. I like those other ones. Remember when we went through three of them mm -hmm. about a month ago and I was on the pod last and you were like the last ones? Those are bomb. Those are fucking just amazing. These would kind of be, they'd be cool, but they'd kind of be a letdown. I'm not going to lie. So were you talking about the ones in which the sun's word mark was above them like that? Yes. See, I yeah. love those. And even if you put Phoenix on the purple, I think it'd be fantastic. Man. See, I'm I actually really, really like these. I know you like that the these ones? I do. Okay. I do. I really do. I just think that they're they're sleek, they're modern, they're unique to Phoenix. They pop to me. Uh here's some money, Phoenix. I'll I'll pay for these. These these are beautiful jerseys, in my opinion. Okay. Maybe they'll warm up to me. Or I'll warm up to them. Well, Either it's the same way. thing. It's the same thing as always. We we have to see them, <laughs> cuddle with them, get to know them, <laughs> blow in their ear. We have to see them on the players. But I think they're definitely a step in the right direction and and away from what we've had. It's they're I mean better. You, they're better. I mean, look at that home jersey. You can't tell me that home jersey is not better than what we oh, wrong one. That that's not better than we currently have. I fucking hate what we currently have. I just don't like the sun's white on the on the sunburst. I don't like that. Really. Yeah, I just don't. Maybe Do if it was just, a different color. Now, see, I like it because it pops. It pops against the, the orange okay. and the purple. That's just me. Again, there's no right or wrong okay. answer. It's all subjective. Yeah. But that being said, you're wrong. Uh, let's see here. Josh Akogi. I don't know if you did. You see the highlight of Josh Akogi playing yeah, in the, the program? A, yeah, the AEBL. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Oh. 
Josh Akogi with a step back three pointer, taking a guy off the dribble. Now, Grant, he's playing against amateurs. Like, you, whenever you see these things, the, the AEBL is the what the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. It's a pro am mm-hmm. that they put on during the summer. They're trying to raise money and whatnot. Uh, go check them out on Instagram or something. I don't know something Matthew does go on. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the number one app that you open the most on your phone? Like Dude, email. I- I'll be honest right now. I'm I'm kind of done with social. I'm done with all of that. I have been for a little bit. Um, I just I don't like it anymore. I'm barely on YouTube too. I I watch like some stuff, but can't say who. I don't want to make anybody mad. Um, yeah. Your number one most open app. Hinge. I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) right. (laughs) Gmail. Uh, Amazon. 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 There you go. Bleacher. Um, Bleacher Report. That's it. Okay. No, yeah. that's just a But I did look question. up the I got to visit it just for some stuff though. I have to be better at that for sure. No, it's not about being better or not being better at it. You're just, you're slowly missing a part of the world that nobody cares about burnt to the ground. It's great. It's what I always remind people. It's like Twitter's not real, so who cares? Like <laughs> people get so offended. Do you hear what he said on Twitter? It's like, no, who cares? Like yeah, if you yeah. say it to your face in real life, then fuck them. How about that? Uh well, But yeah, what do you think about that? Like if Josh Kogi can develop that kind of step back jumper. Could he start in the NBA? I know it's like the dumbest oh. conversation, but it's July. No, I mean, it's everything I want. It's July, but this would be Christmas for me. If I heard that he was actually starting alongside Booker and Beal, I don't care. I want the guy in the starting lineup. Um, I, I watched a few of the highlights too. He was running the floor. He looked outstanding. I thought there was like a stop and go in the paint where he just like picked up the dribble for a second, but it wasn't a travel and went straight to the rim. Yeah. Um, he just, to watch this guy continue to improve, it's just and be like basically like the standout guy for the program game. It means nothing, obviously, but it's just nice to see him working on his game. And you know, with a step back three, he's been working on his threes because he will listen to what is needed. He's going to improve on the one thing that he needs to be, you know, available. Like he needs he needs to be the guy that's going to be sitting there in the corner hitting threes. So he's going to work on that. The step back. I didn't see that coming. So it's nice to see that's a thing. I don't know if he's going to be doing that next to Booker and Beal. And they're like, hey, can you not fucking do that? Can you just stand there and actually just hit a three? Because he should be over 40% next need. year. That's all they need. But in the program, it's, it's okay. The coast is clear right there. Or out yeah, there. I mean, go, go for it. Have fun. Uh, if you could add that to his game consistently, obviously that's a huge win for the Phoenix Suns. You know, But it comes down to what is that fifth starter ultimately going to need relative to a skill set? Uh, like you said, hitting a corner three, Somebody who can play defense. I think that's the biggest thing. And Akogi fills that role. I think between him and Kata Bates Diop, I think that we're going to have some versatility. It's fun to think about. It is. It really is. Uh, And Eric Gordon being out there for somebody who can be part of a closing lineup. Like there's a lot of, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of prove it guys on this team. There's a lot of the Kata Bates Diops. There's a lot of Chemetsi Metsu who most likely won't be a starter, but when he comes in, he will give his all. And that's what he's known for is that high motor uh, bowl bowl, who is going to try to dunk it from the three point line. And, and we'll all be disappointed. Uh, I, I really want people to like temper their expectations with bowl bowl. It's I, I saw so much. I, shit. They, I thought they have though. Like the signing, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah, see, you weren't on Twitter, so hmm, okay. <laughs> people on Twitter, like they Bleacher Report posted a picture of like Katie, Beal, Booker, and Bull Bull. Okay, like, yeah, there's. I think that's just for fun, though, right? No, they're they're, they're like Bull Bull is you know going to be like the next thing. It's like I don't know. <laughs> okay, but I but I honestly think that 
with that fifth starter, there's going to be some, I, I don't think there's a right answer right now because I think that they're going to play it. They're, they're going to give some people opportunities. And I'm not talking like Monty Williams type of opportunities where it's like you play good for five games and he benches you for somebody else. And you're like, well, hold on. That guy was playing good. Like, why'd you bench yeah. him? Like, you All put somebody in there. Open the gym. Yeah. The gym <laughs> like, wait, my key doesn't work. They changed, the, they changed the code? Wash my car. Yeah, you got to wash my car now, okay? That's what you're down to. <laughs> they changed Great the game, code. but not good enough. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't I don't see that with Frank Vogel. I think that he's going to be looking for effort, guys, and you have to earn your spot out there by giving the appropriate effort. And yeah. I think that people like Akogi and like Keita Bates-Diop, those are guys who can, yeah, who can do that. And I think that, especially with Kogi, his opportunity is like, hey, I can play bigger than I am on offense, or I'm sorry, on defense. And on offense, I can hit the corner three, and that's what he needs to work on. It looks like that's what he's working on uh, down there in Atlanta. He's just have, fucking around beating up on a bunch of casuals. Exactly. And his finishing at the rim, don't ever forget that. He was the best at getting to the rim, drawing fouls or just finishing. He even had a reverse lay-in at the program. You need that guy because he's going to have so much opportunity. So with this, with the gravity of the top four guys, there's so much opportunity. And that's the entire game. So you have the top four guys, but then like Eric Gordon comes in while Booker's sitting and like why Bill's sitting. And and like the the Suns are just going to keep coming at you. And if if some of these role players can step up and have their best career years, like this team wins a championship running away with it, man. It's I think so too. Oh, that's why it's like, I'm torn because I think that this is the most highly anticipated offseason there is. And I think that I'm too close to the to the the, the sun, if you will. Uh, and it feels like I'm close to the sun living here in Phoenix. But I think that that's a reality because I remember 92, 93. And I remember the excitement around that, even though I wasn't living in Phoenix at the time. I was living in L.A., but it was just all of a sudden the Suns were relevant. And it was like, I mean, they were yeah. winning. They were winning a ton before that, but all of a sudden they were relevant in like a real way. And it's just it's tough going, you know, to try to sit there and, and compare apples to oranges. But uh, I like the taste of oranges better. <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking, too, is it feels like two years ago, kind of going into the season where we're excited about it because it feels right. The new uniforms too. I didn't want to win in those old uniforms. They were agreed. I didn't want to play in the finals. Well, that's why that they always wore shit. They always was, wore the valley stuff every what, chance they could. Arena like, football, like what, it looked like it was like the ugliest mismatch shit you ever seen. It was like worse than the Cardinals' new stuff. But I didn't want to win in that. Now we got new jerseys. We got the best team in the it's NBA built up, roster. It's it's looking good right now. I'm excited. It's, it's all lining up, which brings us to childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. Uh, you know, it's July when we're going to be doing childhood trauma, probably on every podcast, just to talk about our, our childhood. So going through some of the suggestions on YouTube again, thank you to everyone who's watching along live, spending your Monday night with us here at the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you happen to be here now or be watching later. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review and we'll read it right here on the pod. Uh, Blaze Megatron. Childhood tra- childhood trauma topic. I got detention for. What'd you get detention oh. for? Did you ever get detention? I did. Yeah, I used to, and the it's real out there. You you get detention because I wanted attention. That's that's what I wanted. I needed <laughs> something. <laughs> I think I was uh, I think I was in um, sixth grade, but I okay. there was a kindergarten little garden that they that they made with like carrots and cell whatever not celery whatever they were making out there growing high and nice onions. and tall <laughs> yeah it was nice it was in the corner of where we used to play in the playground and someone dared me to put hot sauce in it and i think a couple of us did so we put hot sauce this sounds terrible now that i'm saying on the kid and gardens 
Dude. Jesus. Oh my God. On the kindergartens. Garden. Did they catch you doing it? Yes. The kindergarten and garden. They, <laughs> and that's why I got detention. Um, they, they caught me right away and I got a few. Like in um, the act? Or did like people rat you out? No, no, it was after the fact. We did it and someone found it and people ratted us out. And that's the way it was. We used to do, we used to be like, oh my God, we used to throw rocks on it because there was like a neighborhood surrounded us. We used to throw rocks over and like hit cars and stuff. And we used to take the the top of like the brick wall off and run around and throw it. Like, I don't know. We were different times looking for attention for sure. We're just going to assault each other and uh, (laughs) damage property and. And tear out Jeez. the hearts of the kindergarten garden. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, I don't know if I could top that one. Well, I got detention. Bad, man. We used to have mm. Star. I went to Ingleside Middle School. We had Star. It was Stop, Think, Act, Review. And in seventh grade, I got sent to Star uh, the one and only time in seventh grade. I got sent a bunch in eighth grade. I forget the reasons why, but I definitely remember the reason why I went to Star in seventh grade. And that was we were in class one time and the teacher was talking uh, about a certain topic and I raised my hand to comment on it. And I'm like, and I remember the exact phrase I used. I'm like, well, that's just because they have a hard on for them. They're like, excuse me. <laughs> and they're like, well, they have a hard on for them. And they're like, you're going to star. I'm like, what I do. I didn't realize that I was using like vulgar language. So my, my dad used to say it like stuff like that. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I got pulled it over for the, by this cop. And he had a hard on for me, meaning like he had it out to get me. Like, yes having a hard on for someone meant out to get me at least in the vernacular that I was raised. So when I told the teacher that that the teacher had a hard on for somebody else, like one of the students, cause like we were having some discussion. It was like seventh grade. It was something like plate tectonics or something. And somebody was answering something and the teacher kept kind of being rude to them. And I was just like, why you have such a hard on for him? It's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they said it's star. <laughs> I had no idea why. <laughs> that yeah, they would have had a th- especially with your reaction, be like, what do you what like how do they not know you didn't know what it meant? But they're like, yeah. oh, too late. Too I was late, like, listen, I, I like I, I was homeschooled for a couple years. Like I went to a very uh militaristic private school for a couple years. You were like yeah. I, oh, I told that what, to Shannon the other day too, and she didn't I, I guess I, I didn't, never told I never you guys heard that because I yeah, was too. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh back end of third fourth and fifth okay before we moved back to arizona yeah, i didn't know that about you man yeah i i don't remember doing anything like my mom and dad sent away for the books that we were supposed to do yeah they like there was no structure like my my dad stayed at home you know due to some of his uh issues and he he was our teacher but my dad never sat around. my dad didn't wake up till 10 a.m i'd like sneak into his room and give him coffee and be quiet about like dad and like hope he didn't like come out swinging you know you couldn't make toast in the house he hated the smell of toast so we can never eat toast and so we all like were being homeschooled while we were living in canoga park california and i don't remember learning shit i just remember drawing comic books my brother and i come up with you know robo kong and the crimson crusader and super john and all these different comic book characters and like I guess we tested and like I didn't do any of the work. I tested and I passed because I, I had no problems going to school in Arizona when we moved here and I went to public school. <laughs> you just you know what? I think uh, what they teach in the textbooks isn't real anyway, so you didn't miss out on anything. Don't worry. Well, that's like luckily for me, my entire life, I'm somebody who I'm a really good test taker. Like I can skim the, stuff. I, I had friends th- like that. I was so envious. I'm like they wouldn't study at all. Yeah. Yeah, because like I could I could listen to some of what the teacher was saying 
and have an idea of what the concept was and then just kind of bullshit my way through a test, I guess. Cause like I was horrible at homework. Oh man. I like never did homework. No, I was one of those I remember, kids. I used to, when I used to bring home homework, my daddy used to like, um, just get so upset no matter what I did. And I would start crying and so it was just a big mess. Like he would just like, like, no, just like erase that. No race it better. It was just like, Oh my gosh. So I used to hate doing homework too. It's like, what are you dumb? Like, I think yeah. so. I don't know. That's why they're testing me. So I can learn if I'm dumb or not. Uh, creepy crawly in the chat. Did you guys ever bully a kid at school or f- and feel bad about it now? I don't think I, I like, I was bullied. Like I never yeah, did. The I mean, I was, I don't know if I was bullied, but I was like, we would always make fun of each other and people would call me fat or Matthew sissy or pissy, lissy, dissy, all that. I don't know if that's bullying or just, just like giving each other shit, but I never, I called one kid fat and I felt terrible. I still think about it and who it was. And I felt terrible after it. I never did it again. Yeah. I don't think like, I remember getting dead legs and dead arms. Like people walk by and be like, take that void. Like, I don't remember ever dishing it out, man. I don't think. I was like, I was, uh, you know, it might surprise you. I was a really skinny little kid. And so, like, there was no bullying from this guy. If I if I try to bully anybody, man, they just kick my ass. And that'd be the end of that. Because I was not a fighter either, man. Yeah. The, you know, there's like, you, yeah, oh, I got yeah. something for you. So I would just sit in the corner of the room and, like, draw. Because the other thing is, like, I, I bounce schools all the time. So it's like mm-hmm. first and second grade, I was at one school. And then, like, then we left halfway during second grade. And then second to third uh, maybe it was into fourth. Uh, I went to one school and then I was homeschooled. And then I went to like a school when I got here and then another. Uh, so, I mean, like I was always just like in the corner, just drawing pictures and people were like, that's pretty cool. Like, will you be my friend? <laughs> you're I'll draw something yourself, for man. you. You're, you're cruising by and you're just like, yeah, I can just sit here and draw pictures and get that's through all this I, shit. That's and just take I, a test and pass. That's this what I would easy. do. Everyone that's was sitting around yeah. like me talking. I would just be like, I'll just draw. You know, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't until like, I joined the military. I was like, oh, hey, I'm loud. (laughs) So you're loud. I'm loud. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really realize that until I was in the military. I was just kind of even in high school. I just kind of hung back like everyone's out there, you know, Mm -hmm. like I went to all the parties and stuff. I got along cool with everybody, but I just I always just hung back. I was never really maybe it was all the weed. (laughs) Just, that might be it that might man. be it i was like yeah, i'm that, not gonna no, talk to anybody a lot of people through high school i feel like yeah <laughs> I it just made, weed. Made, 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 <laughs> made me super introvert and not want to talk to anybody else like whatever man I'm just, that's terrible <clears throat> take a lap terrible take a lap and that's it for childhood trauma anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here mr lissy i think i'm good i think earlier i said i'm excited for football yeah, for fantasy football. Got that Lou message. I'll get to get my keeper in. No baseball yeah. fan. No fantasy baseball. But uh, you're not missing much. Football. I I dropped one of the fantasy baseball leagues. I'm still in the other one, and I forget mm-hmm. to set my lineup every week because I just don't give. Yeah, a shit. I was just like, I can't. I'm not gonna owe that money. At the end. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. And like my, I won't be able to afford it. I'm like six out of ten in the league, and I got a good team, but I just I don't manage it because I just don't give a shit. Like football, I give a shit. Basketball, I clearly give a I shit. I haven't watched one baseball team or game, and I heard Otani is playing lights out and he might beat he might beat judges record in home runs i'm like i had no idea that was even happening until two days ago <laughs> yeah i just i'm so disconnected with baseball and it makes me sad a little bit i mean i i think no, it's kind of sad it is i mean I, baseball has always been my sport it's the one i can play and i i've enjoyed it my whole life but i feel like the suns have become all-consuming and baseball just doesn't excite me the way it used to be you know like when i was younger you could just sit around have a beer after work and just watch a baseball game and give a shit now it's just like 
Uh, it's sad because to... I saw like a Yankee highlight and I saw like the stands are still full. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, it's like there's a lot. Oh, of course, it's the Yankees, right? I mean, yes. they'll never give up. They'll always go to every game. Now, but... come playoff time, like I'll be watching. I'll be engaged. And I think that's the other side of this that's really hurt this for me is as a Dodgers fan, we go to the playoffs every year mm-hmm. and we've won one bubble championship. So it's just like the regular season. I don't give a shit about at all because it's just like, OK, yeah, we're going to end up in the playoffs like we always do. Let's see how we fuck it up this year, and yeah. which we always do. So it's just it's it, like I know it's a it's a, it's it's a spoil of the riches, if you will. Where it's just like, well, my team's so good, you know. But it's just that's how it is. They always the bridesmaid, never the bride or the groom, or the ring bearer, or the 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 dog. Are we still alive? Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about baseball. Yeah, we got and a long football. summer, man. We had a long summer. Uh, okay, well, on that note, Jamsters, remember, we'll be coming to you live the last day of July, the 31st of July, Monday night, next Monday, 9 p.m. Arizona time, updating you on all the goings-ons relative to Phoenix Suns basketball. So until then, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, follow me on the X or on threads. Are you on threads yet, Matthew? Do you know what threads are? I heard about it, and I heard it. I think it was Bill Simmons that was talking about how it's just terrible. Maybe it was him or someone else. It is. Yeah, it's like kind of just you don't own who you can't really you can't follow who you want to follow. Yeah, you just kind of sh- just show you shit. I don't know. Yeah, I never. I like. At it I yet. follow people, and then I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, now I have to actually af- actively seek out their profiles just to hear what yeah. they have to say because they're like, check out what Levi's has to say. And you're like, oh, cool. It's all ads. It's just like Instagram is. Uh, but check us out I'm there. Sorry. You know, we we have a Threads account, Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, Blue Sky. Are you on Blue Sky? I am. Are you really? No. Oh, you need to be invited, and I have an invite code. Okay. If you want to join, what it is? What is, is it? A plane? It, it, is it no. an airline? It's or made by the it? guy who made Twitter, and it's a lot like Twitter. <laughs> okay. That's the one. Like, I prefer that way over Threads, but like Threads because it has Instagram and Meta behind it, it's going to get the more more of the momentum. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever get into social media again. I think I'm kind of done. Yeah, Sorry, I don't blame man. you. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing for you. I'm into. Mm. I'm into. I'm into that new PS5 I just bought. I know. You know what? I told you. I'm like, that's a goal of mine to play online with you. But 2K is coming. Two months. Start saving. People yeah. need to start donating the chat. So Matthew, please. Can get a PS5. I know. I know. Speaking of bare bones, I'm gonna have any money. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pay rent. I'm gonna pay rent. <laughs> well, where could people follow you if they wanted to follow oh, you? Oh, Matthew media? Lucy. Yeah, you, nothing even but a tumbleweed there. <laughs> well, on that note, Jamsters, again, thank you to everybody who decided to take a little time out of their day. We appreciate it, and we will see you this time next week. Go home and be